Joining me right now, Monica Trinnell, who is a U.S. candidate for Congress in Montana's first congressional district. Uh, this is a district that has been newly recreated uh, since the 2020 census when Montana went back to having two congressional districts. And she is running against Republican Ryan Zinke. A poll has shown them two points apart from one another, and Monica Trinnell, who was raised on a ranch in eastern Montana and worked her way through college and law school, is working to win that seat and fight for the people of the 1st Congressional District, and we certainly want to help her do that. Uh, Monica Trinnell, welcome to the program. Hi. Thanks for having me on. So tell us first about the 1st Congressional District. It's been recreated again, I guess, or there there was redistricting yep. after the 2020 census, and it's the western third of Montana. Uh, Ryan Zinke was originally going to run in the 2nd District, but then decided to run in that 1st district. Tell, tell us the lowdown on it all. Yep. So this district was where the first state in the country to lose a congressional seat and then get it back. In the 1990 census, we lost a second seat. We'd had two. Um, so we've had one for 30 years. In the 2020 census, we got a second seat back. Our population ticked up over a million. Um, so we got a second seat. And we have a nonpartisan redistricting commission. So they drew this district, which is comprised of 16 counties and two tribal nations, the Blackfeet and the Salish uh, Kootenai Nation. Um, it lies roughly between Glacier and Yellowstone National Parks, so it's a mountainous area of Montana. It is not the same as the previous Western District. It's a little bit different. Um, so some reference points, the two big universities, uh, University of uh, Montana-Missoula and Montana State in Bozeman lie within this district. Um, and John Tester would have won this district by 10 points in 2018. And in 2020, Steve Bullock, our outgoing governor, who ran against Steve Daines for the Senate, would have won by a point had there been a third-party candidate. So it is competitive. Um, the, some of the national polling uh, firms just looked at it as a Montana race and applied the overall um, numbers to this very specific district. And they they don't apply. And so the other... Um, unknown is that in this midterm, since we got the second seat in 2020, this has been one of the fastest growing regions in the country. And so we don't register by parties here. So one of the big unknowns is who are the people moving here and how will they vote and what will that look like? So we are certainly seeing um, progressive folks moving to Montana, especially this new Western District. So I think it's a, a big toss-up, a lot of unknowns, and um, I'll just stop there and happy to answer more questions about it. <laughs> well, well, we certainly have listeners who call in from Montana, and if they're listening, uh, I hope they'll uh, certainly um, you know, hear what you have to say and think about how they're going to vote. And for everybody else, they can go to monicatrinnell.com, your website, T-R-A-N-E-L.com, and check you out and help you out, because I know people want to make sure Democrats keep control of the House. And, of course, on Twitter, at Monica Trinnell. 
Uh, you've been an attorney taking on big corporations and standing up for consumers against corporate monopolies. Talk a little bit about that and and how you bring that experience and and really protecting the people of Montana uh, in ways that have been very powerful to this job. Yeah, thank you. So I've worked for, I, I, my background is really in a lot of renewable energy kinds of projects and as a consumer advocate. So that's really come within the space of taking on corporate utilities and monopolies. But um, for example, a 90 year old sheep farmer, landowner, wanted to have a wind farm on his land and he got sued by Cargill and others um, just because they didn't want him to have that on um, on his land. We, you know, we took that case on and we stood up for them. I've taken on rate cases against Northwestern, which is our monopoly utility here in Montana. And I've kept money in consumers' pockets. So I've done the hard work of you know, facing a document dump from a well-funded opponent and reading all the documents and asking the hard questions and staying with it, which is often just tedious work, you know, just, just digging through the documents and asking the hard questions. So I've done that. I've spent my career taking on those kinds of cases, um, standing up for what's right and for the people. And I know what it looks like when people are willing to lie for money. I know what that looks like. I've challenged that. I've gone up against it and I've won. So um, I, I also wanted to go back to your intro because you were talking about the race a little bit and the poll. There's a, another poll came out Friday that shows it's within one point. So it is tightening, even from the poll that we did a few weeks ago. Basically, it's been called a toss-up at this point. Right, right. And I, I had seen that poll earlier, and I'm glad you pointed out, because I think I pulled up the other poll, <laughs> but I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> now, what you just described about yourself is literally the opposite of your opponent, Ryan Zinke. He has yes. um, been somebody who's done uh, things mostly for himself and against the interests of the people of Montana. He was uh, at large uh, member of Congress uh, for a few years. Trump made him uh, his secretary of the interior. Uh, he, he rolled back uh, protected national monuments and other protected lands for use in fossil fuel mining. Um, it, he, he he then had so many scandals around him regarding expenditures, which were just outrageous, And but it was kind of par for the course in the Trump administration. Talk a little bit about just some of the policy uh, maneuvers and um, things that he did as Secretary mm -hmm. of the Interior, and then we'll talk about some of those other things. Yeah, so his record, he voted against country of origin labeling, which is um, really popular here in Montana. Uh, Montana, our ag producers, um, agriculture producer, our operators, they want that. So he voted against COOL, country of origin labeling. He voted, uh, he stopped the transfer of the bison range um, to the tribes, which if you know Western Montana at all, it's um, a sort of... Um, on Highway 200, uh, just a little bit north of Missoula. He stopped that transfer. Uh, Secretary Holland um, actually made it go through now, so that's been done. 
Um, he voted against um, early childhood education funding. He voted against higher ed funding. He voted against women's productive rights. He voted against uh, Native American women, violence against Native American women fi- funding that. So he has really voted against the interests of Montanans. Um, and last year alone, he took $460,000 from ConocoPhillips um, in one year. So that's who's paying his salary. My campaign money comes from Montanans. 73% of my donations come from Montana. We have a $3 million budget. We're $2.4 million of the way there. And it is largely funded by Montanans. In contrast, Ryan Zinke's campaign is funded uh, by out-of-state corporations. He has 8%, that's a single digit, 8% of his campaign money comes from Montana. And he is now running hit ads against me that are funded by Steve Daines' PAC, uh, out-of-state corporate money. And I have the people of Montana in my corner. I got this note a week ago or so from a couple in northeastern Montana. They they don't even live in the district. Older couple. They sent $30 with a note that said, know that we have never donated to a political party before. So it's just, um, for me, this has been kind of a movement inside Montana, really, to bring back the days of, uh, you know, Mike Mansfield and Metcalf, Jeanette Rankin, people who did the right thing for the people. And I aspire to that. I hope to fill some very, very big shoes. But we have a tradition of that in Montana. And I grew up with that. I grew up knowing what that is and aspiring to be that. And I'm running because I can win. And Montana's better than what we have right now. And this is my home. Well, when we see the things that Zinke has been involved in, I mean, the investigations that he was under, uh, the inspector general uh, investigating him, uh, chartering a jet belonging to the oil industry, uh, an oil industry (laughs) executive uh, for a flight from Las Vegas to Montana. He used private aircraft uh, for a whole bunch of political duties, uh, trips to uh, the the Caribbean, to St. Croix and St. Thomas. He used government helicopters uh, for more than $14,000. He, he billed for travel uh, back in 2017. Right. I mean, the list goes on and on. I can't even go through all of these things that he did right. uh, upgrading his office uh, $139,000 with the associate with 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 the um, interior uh, department money i i, I mean it, it really is quite for extraordinary a door. that was for a door <laughs> oh yeah yeah for one door double doors double doors they were double doors right. um how does that play in montana how do people even think about voting for somebody like this He is not popular. He barely squeaked out of the primary with 41% of the vote. Um, And, you know, I've had a lot of Republicans say um, they voted for Oshevsky, his opponent, in the primary. And then they said, and I'm going to vote for you if if, um, Zinke wins because I hate Zinke. And I've just heard that over and over again. His total – I mean, he is is just used – political office for his own personal gain. And that's the only reason. If he wanted to be a congressperson for Montana, he'd still be one. He just wants to hang out with his rich buddies and drink expensive drinks and, you know, put his shoes up on his desk and show people his knife collection. He's not in it for Montana or for the country. He's in it for himself. And, you know, I was just endorsed by the Republican governor from Montana from 
1993 to 2000, Mark Roscoe. Um, and I've got a lot of crossover support here because people don't like him. So we'll, you know, we'll keep pushing on that for sure. As you pointed out, a lot of your constituents uh, are native people and the issue of native sovereignty and certainly um, the fossil fuel industry's encroachment is a big issue. The Supreme Court, uh, in this case, Brackeen uh, v. Halland, uh, could, um, you know, really uh, strip away the rights of Native Americans. Talk a little bit about that issue and how important it is to people in the district. Yeah, so as I've talked to the different um, folks on the tribal nations, um, they've talked about, you know, I've gone to the powwows, which have been this incredible celebration, both, a, you know, it's a grief and a celebration at the same time, a loss of culture. There are only 12 Salish speakers left. Um, and so the Salish Kootenai College up in Pablo, Montana, they are actively trying to um, document, gather their language. And so many of the Native American languages weren't written. And so trying to figure out how to document them, um, translate them into writing for the purposes of, you know, being able to keep them in libraries and then pass them on, that is a really a significant challenge that's happening right now. So that's one thing, um, you know, the, the boarding schools were really terrible, the intergenerational trauma that has happened, the healing that needs to start. Um, I have just tried to show up and say, I will listen, I'll learn, I will um, try to be a good partner to you. I went to grade school on the St. Labray um, School on the Cheyenne Nation in eastern Montana, um, so I have that perspective, but I think there's a opportunity and challenge, and we need to work together to try to meet this moment. And of course, an important issue, um, clean energy and getting the fossil fuel industry um, out of uh, places that it shouldn't be. And you've really made that a forefront of your campaign, transitioning to clean energy. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think this is a really exciting time and, again, a time of opportunity and, and challenge, but we can meet this moment together. I mean, this is my wheelhouse. It's my background. I've done these uh, renewable energy projects from soup to nuts. I've represented the landowner um, that have contracted with projects. I've worked for the project developers. I've worked with the operators and the utilities and the consumers, so I understand how it works from one end to the other, the transmission Montana has tremendous natural resources. We have winter peaking wind, which serves the load on the West Coast. It partners really well with the wind in the gorge. We have solar, we have uh, hydro, and we also have, um, there's a hydrogen project that's being explored in Butte. That would, the concept is it would extract the water from the mines. It has to be extracted no matter what, um, and it would, turn that into hydrogen and then deliver the waste product to the uh, mines, the salt mines in Utah is the concept. So that's a pretty nascent project, but there is a lot happening right now. Mm -hmm. um, transmission will be the name of the game. And so what we need to figure out is how to deliver the tremendous resources that we have. Um, some of mm -hmm. the listeners may be familiar with Coal Strip. 
the plant uh, in eastern Montana. It had four units. Two of them are closed. That generation is now completely replaced with wind and being, mm-hmm. you know, it's being delivered out of state. But that, that project brings $217 million to five rural counties. So I talk about it in terms of the economy. Um, right. This is a moment. The energy transition is underway. Let's lead it. Montana can do that. That's our history. That's what we do. Well, that is great to hear. And, and it's been great having you on the program. I really appreciate you're speaking with us, and I, I want to tell people again, uh, monicatrenell.com is the website, uh, T-R-A-N-E-L, and of course, at Monica Trinell, uh on Twitter. Thanks so much uh, for coming on today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate Ma- your time and everything you do, and I'll be the first female Olympian ever elected to Congress. So uh, more history, <laughs> and we'll talk more about that when when you come back as a member of Congress. Uh, Monica Trinell is a U.S. congressional candidate for Montana's first congressional district. We're back in a couple of minutes. The, 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 Michelangelo, the Michelangelo Senior Ellie Show.